Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. Joe, I have to tell you something. Oh, yeah. What's that? After not living with you for uh, two years mm. and then spending two weekends in a row with you, mm. I-, I just have to come out and say it. Okay. I have no idea how close together your eyes are. Wait, wait what? I had gone so long without seeing you take your glasses off. <laughs> you had no idea, right? It's, uh... <laughs> oh my god! It's just—it's like I turn around and suddenly, oh my god! Is—is is that is that indie pop sensation, Lord? <laughs> All I have to do is just remove them a little bit, yeah, and then uh. I didn't even—I didn't even think of that, yeah. Because I guess when we lived together, I had the more dynamic stuff going on. Where I was like, all right, we got the contacts, take off glasses, put on glasses, mm-hmm. change it out. Huh. Yes. Obviously, obviously, no hate to you and your beautiful face. It just, it's, Thank you. you know, it's just suddenly I, I forget about that magnification difference. Right. Yeah. Honestly, it does throw me off as well. It's probably why I'm just like, I'm going to keep the glasses on. I like this. And- <laughs> You know, maybe that's a bad thing. But like, but. what if you went missing? I have. I, I'm gonna screw up <laughs> it, it describing your face to the police sketch artist, because obviously they would come to me before your family. <laughs> yeah, of course. Obviously, <laughs> you're first in line, Zandon. You know. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, you could just you could tell them how great my eyes are, and really, you know, obviously mm-hmm. get into that. Uh, I describe huh. you. They, the 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 sketch artist turns the picture around, and it's mm. uh, Michael Imperioli. <laughs> I mean, is that far <laughs> off? Well, yes, very far <laughs> off. But it's fine. It's the hair. He's Italian. I'm Italian. It's yeah. all the same. Yeah, but all that being said, it was wonderful uh, getting to see you. And yeah, likewise, thank you. so much fun. Yes, and thank you to everyone for all of the support uh, for our. Well, for for my opening and our little show that we got to put on, it was just yeah. absolutely incredible. And uh, thank you for everyone uh, bearing with us. We just, on top of everything, mm. did not have time to put together uh, yeah. an exhibit for everyone last week. Yeah, it was it was definitely chaotic, but it's on theme for what we're going to talk about today, which is exciting. But yeah, Joe no. almost had to learn how to pump gas. I almost almost did. I tell you I made it home? <laughs> I made it home with a full <laughs> tank of gas. <laughs> oh my god that car is almost too efficient you know what i appreciate it like that though well i'm i'm very glad that you know we got to you know have uh, pretty much an entire weekend of explaining to people why why did i paint so many birds Yes. Um, and then why are we making bird noises with our instruments mm-hmm. yeah i i have to say i loved being your like 
curator, even though I had no involvement in the show planning wise whatsoever. <laughs> but I just know so feel much like, of were you did you feel like my handler? A little bit. It kind of reminded me of like when we first met and then like I was helping you get that like open mic gig with Giuseppe. <laughs> like that's how it felt where I was like, I could be Zan's manager. And then I ended up playing there like a day later because I got a guitar. Like it felt a little bit like that because like I was just going mm-hmm. around and like people would talk about the paintings and I was like, well, you know, the artist like Zan, Zan works this way so beautifully and look how he layers in the blacks of the background and it's not actually black. You know, there's layers here of greens and browns and it's optically doing this. And like I was able to talk a lot about your work and I'm like, oh yeah, we like shared a studio space. That explains it. And True. we're always in touch. True. But it was like it was this nice moment of like, huh. I could be I could be this I could be the art handler. I could be the curator. Wow, I can't you know? I can't believe this early in my life I get to be yeah. Wolfgang Wolfgang Labe where I don't have to say a <laughs> word at my own uh, opening. <laughs> what if you did do that? What if you were more quiet and you were like, I'm actually in a vow of silence for all the birds that have fallen? And people are like, whoa, that's poetic. Mm-hmm. No, I think it was a really cool opportunity to, you know, for yeah. obviously thank you again to Ellen Simpson for, you know, letting yes. me show in her gallery and just kind of getting to take over a space, even though, you know, fairly small, we packed it and I think still were able to squeeze in some quality uh, musical jams. Uh, absolutely yeah and and i don't think we went too far out there for what the uh what the show called for but this does bring us to a topic that is of great interest to i think both of us which are Mm -hmm. our feathered friends the birds yes 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 Mm -hmm. now uh joe do you have a favorite bird do i have a favorite bird hmm that is, huh? I like bluebirds. I mean, okay, yeah. I like no, a bluebird or a cardinal. You know, right. I'm in between that. I mean, I don't think they listen to podcasts. So you don't have to worry about them getting jealous. <laughs> Didn't you know birds aren't real, Zan? Actually, so it's maybe they <laughs> wait, are listening. So, wait, so if birds are. Uh, like government drones listening to us. Right. Maybe they are listening to all of our podcasts. Maybe. And they're they're the ones giving bad reviews. It makes sense. <laughs> no, I no, I don't know. I guess I'm just I'm like bad at picking favorites of things because I kind of jump back and forth on like all yeah. of it. But I get no, I know it. Does this count? Yeah. I'm gonna say it does. At Kookaburra. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, bird. A- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it... They're so chunky. That's interesting because uh, actually, uh, one of my—if I, I were to pick a favorite bird, I would possibly say the belted kingfisher, which is oh. also kookaburras are also a type of kingfisher. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, they're just so chubby. I love them. They're just so cute looking. They're <laughs> uh, fun. Yeah. They make a cool sound too. Oh yeah, no, I love I, I love that sound. It's just so weird. <laughs> no, I God, I now I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about like just uh birds listening to joe rogan <laughs> oh my god they're like this guy's got some interesting points i just like <laughs> that he brings on different perspectives <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah it's he just... just he just asks interesting questions Listen. he's just naturally curious 
I, I like that the birds have to talk like parrots, so they just all sound like pirates. Well, I couldn't you know? think of a I couldn't no, think no, no, of no, another bird that has like a voice. <laughs> like that's true. Or it have to be like those ravens or like crows that talk, and it's ah! very, e- very eerie. Oh, exactly, exactly. Yes. Oh man, but yes, birds. Super birds. Exciting. Yes. Birds, you know, they're just little delicious. Um, oh, <laughs> interesting. They're, they're just these these wonderful animals that we share the world with, and God, do they taste good? Um, hmm. But also, incredible, incredible uh, group of animals that. Oh yes, I think we we also kind of. I I, I know it's it's at this point, fairly common knowledge that they are related to dinosaurs or, you know, more to, to be more, I guess, pedantic about it are a group of dinosaurs that, uh, is still alive today. But it, if we think about it, it really is incredible that we have this, what is essentially a highly specialized group of reptiles that are pretty much predominantly known for flight. Like, Right. Clearly not all birds fly, but it is the sort of defining trait. The like the we we define birds as birds and flightless birds. If you think about our our language, like there's an understanding of them as a group associated with flight. And it's really remarkable like that um to to sort of be able to uh try try and figure out how exactly they evolved this trait. And that's what we're going to be going into today uh, for this tour at the Uncanny County Museum. We will be talking about the evolution of bird flight and what exactly the theories are as to how they got this incredible ability. Hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah. have you have you ever encountered uh, like any of these theories before? Do you know anything about this? Like how they started flying specifically? Yeah, like have have you ever heard hmm. any explanation? Uh, no. I guess besides penguins, that's a like just why penguins swim versus fly. And other than that, uh, so so you know really. the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess so. <laughs> now that I say it out loud, yeah. I I I don't know. I don't. You know, as you say it. I will say that I'll probably remember, but it's not mm. one of these things that I feel like I've retained as like important mm-hmm. information like in my mind, but there's a very high chance I've just never been told. So I'm very curious about this because it's one of these mysteries that I'm always wondering, like, how are those birds flying? How did they start mm-hmm. doing that? Well, yeah, it's it's really interesting because flight has evolved multiple times, but because, you know, physics, physics is physics. And I sure. <laughs> it do be doing that physics thing, you know, um, but yeah, but there's there's only so many ways to get something up into the air. So right. wings have convergently evolved, uh, but not very many times for terrestrial animals. It's only been figured out in a handful of groups and birds are one of the few and, you know, even fewer vertebrates. Uh, that have figured out this sort of evolutionary technology. Um, now, like I said earlier, birds are dinosaurs. Uh, they 
if we look at the structure of their wing, uh, internally, if you look at the the wing of a chicken, uh, if you've uh, you know ever eaten a chicken mm. wing or or had a uh, you know eat yeah just just seen a <laughs> seen right. a roast chicken um, without the feathers on, you'll see that it has sort of a wrist. Um, you know, it it has a upper arm, forearm, and wrist like a like a person. Um, and then it sort of has that little mitt with mm. uh, a nub sticking out of the wrist. Now, within the mitt part are two fingers, and then that one little nub sticking out is the third finger. So these three fingers are the reduced fingers of dinosaurs, which also, uh, when it comes to the uh, uh, the predatory dinosaurs, Manny raptors, you know, the 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 group that we think of, Deinonychus, Velociraptor, these dinosaurs that were very closely related to birds, they all had three fingered hands. That is the remnant of that in the hand, those three fingers there, which birds still hmm. retain to this day. Some birds uh, even have a small claw uh, on that on that hand. Um, so there's there's immediately sort of these these homologous structures, a homologous structure being sort of um, uh, basically comparative anatomy. Uh, for related animals that you could look at the bones of our hand and find equivalent bones uh, in the hand in the like fin of a whale that because we share a common ancestor, you could find uh, bones that have evolved into uh, different forms, but have a, a same ancestral form. Huh? Yeah. So the the one the one that's more closely related to us maybe would be bats, right? If you look at a bat's wing, you can see all five fingers and you can pretty clearly figure out, oh, well, it basically looks like a hand, but hmm. extremely elongated digits. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So this does this indicate then evidence for the Batman? God, you started so, saying that, and I knew you were going you, to say it. It was right in front of me, Sam. It's right in front of me. I'm sorry. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you, maybe, I mean, maybe a Mothman. I don't know. Hmm. There, there's, there's so many ways to fly. Absolutely. Right. Actually, there, there, there's. Well, no. Apparently, there's only a few because it only yes. happens so often. Right. And I mean, wings. The, the same thing from a bird wing to an airplane wing. Essentially, what's going on is you have to have a curved surface where air moves uh, more quickly beneath the wing than on top of it. This creates upward lift. This is sort of the the the, the physics trick. That's allowing uh, flight. Um, this is why wings, if you look at the cross section of like a plane's wing, it's curved on top and it's flat on the bottom. This means that air will pass quicker underneath than over the hump on top of the wing. Um, and the same thing goes for all of these uh, other wings for these other uh, vertebrates that have uh, create have an ability to fly uh, or or gain uh, some kind of lift, something that keeps them from hitting the ground faster. You know, if you're from the right. uh, the, the the Toy Story school, you know, falling with style. You mm. know, right, right, right. Now, uh, one of the things that allows birds to uh, 
to flap their wings, which is crucial to powered flight uh, in animals, is that they have these very deep, uh, very large breast bones um, running down uh, the middle. This would, you know, sort of be the equivalent to our sternum, but especially in birds that fly, it is this enormous bone uh, running down their midline, uh, uh, you know, connected to their ribs. Uh, on birds that fly, it typically is a very deep V shaped. If you're looking at a cross section of it, um, this is, you know, so those big pectoral muscles can attach there and create a downward flapping. If it's mm-hmm. a flightless bird or a more like basal group of birds, it will actually look a little bit more like a dinosaur's, um, uh, breastbones or, uh, 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 or, or sort of uh, belly ribs, um, and be more U-shaped. Uh, these are, you know, sort of weaker muscles, but, you know, these these animals don't, you know, need to fly, so they don't need the, the lift. Gotcha. So when, when we look at, when we look at these birds, we have to sort of figure out what exactly was the trajectory, like how did they sort of figure this out. And if we look at animals that don't quite fly, like mm-hmm. uh, animals that maybe glide, you would immediately sort of assume, okay, well, that must be the transition, right? So right. now we need to start thinking about, well, were these dinosaurs arboreal? Were they able to climb trees? Mm. And if you look at a at a dinosaur it's kind of and maybe this is just our bias from you know never seeing a living one but it's like well how would a dinosaur climb a tree right yeah that's a good point actually it's it's kind of an awkward looking thing right when you try to picture it yeah it's gonna try to like run up on two legs and that would be a little odd Mm. you know like a flintstone you're you're being weirdly prophetic right now um, Am I? But <laughs> oh, oh, is that what happened? Did I like? Did I? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, we'll um, get there. Okay, well. So, but let's think a little bit about the configuration of those dinosaurs' hands. Now, one right. thing that that people will talk about when when we really are, t- uh, you know, picking apart, you know, if you're going to be, you know, me or many of my friends, many people that we, good people that we have had visit Mm. us here at the uncanny county museum (laughs) they will be quick to tell you mid-screening of jurassic park that the raptors are holding their hands incorrectly now how do you how do you picture raptors holding their hands like in front of them oh my god at first i thought you meant like how they actually hold (laughs) hands like like they're holding hands like they're friends it's like what did i i missed that part of the jurassic park movies um how did how do they they pose their hands when they're like not grabbing things like claws down you know kind of like you're showing your nails off i guess i don't yeah that that, that's a good visual yeah yeah so this is entirely incorrect to Uh, how dinosaurs held their hands um, would they like, hold it like Italians though? Would it be the opposite where you do that sort of like the pinch to the from the thumb to the four <laughs> fingers? So it's more like a beckoning than it is a down. <laughs> Sopranosaurus. I mean, Sopranosaurus. I don't know. It could be there, guys. Look oh, into God. it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, okay, so we're kind of imagining like a piano player, 
like right. arched kind of hands, uh, you know, fingers pointing down. Like uh, imagine sure. imagining a piano player. That's kind of how we imagine dinosaurs' hands, especially because of Jurassic Park. But they're they're not really the ones that started this. This is just kind of how it was imagined they would help. They would hold. They would um, pose their hands. I'm trying not to say hold their hands. <laughs> no, it's I'm okay. trying so hard. Um, so. Um, but if we actually look at the way the bones are set up, um, dinosaurs, especially these small meat eating dinosaurs, the, you know, colloquially known as the raptors, they would actually have sort of had their hands, palms facing each other more like you're about to clap. So, oh, interesting. So less piano playing, more clapping. First picture Mm. that. Okay. Then you also have to imagine they had, like a modern bird, they had the ability to fold their arms against each other. So it's sort of a position that we kind of can't do with our own hands. Like our our wrists don't really bend that way. Um, But if you can picture, again, the way that a chicken wing bends, that is is how uh, they're that is how they would have been posed sort of at rest. Like these just sort of hovering about to clap position um, where the side of the wrist is uh, kind of like connected to uh, the forearm. Oh yeah. Okay. Are you doing it right now with your own hands? I'm trying. Yeah. (laughs) Side of the hand. Okay. I think Um, I'm getting it. I think I'm getting it. Yeah. Thumbs facing forward. Um, Okay. Yeah, so that that's more of how uh, raptors would have held their hands. Um, but right. if we think about this in terms of like, okay, your front legs are held up off the ground and can kind of do this grasping, like you can bring your hands together, apply pressure from the sides, you can grab something, you can pull it towards you. If mm-hmm. we think about it with legs that are straight up and down right. in the back, like their hind legs, this isn't that different from the configuration of cats. Oh, yeah. Cats, cats, while being, you know, uh, quadrupedal, have the ability to um, turn their front paws. Uh, and hmm. if we look at the way that they climb, they basically sort of hug with their front legs and then sort of create and then sort of push uh, with their back legs right. as they go up. I never realized that. Yeah. Yeah, because the cat's back paws don't don't rotate the way that their front paws do. They're they're kind of right. like us. So you know you can kind of imagine you know a cat climbing a tree or something vertical the way like uh, like in a you know Mulan where uh, she has to climb the the post thing right <laughs> right right yeah and they need that like sash to do it yes yeah yes. okay that's a good that's a good way to describe it actually yeah I'm, exactly I'm the yeah here yeah so you're kind of you're pulling yourself down so that you can get your back legs to work for you um mm. so this you could say okay now we've made that mental gap we've we've bridged that gap to where we can picture a dinosaur shimmying up a tree but we still have sort of this issue of how so so then at what point do they grow wings and start flying from branch to branch i'm sure you're asking yourself yeah when did they do that was it right after um hard to say uh but this so this this sort of brings us to uh 
Let let's let's uh let's turn the clock back a little bit and let's go to 1871. Right. Okay. So uh at this point, uh the world is uh warming up to the idea of species changing over time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Darwin's doing his work. Uh he has uh, you know, some acolytes. And he has other people that are just very uh, not necessarily coming at evolution, you know, from a they're skeptical of it because um, there are there's things that that there just kind of wasn't they weren't good enough explanations as to how really complicated things formed. Like people could concede, okay, you know a lizard that's born green is going to survive better in the bushes than all the lizards that are born red. Right, right. You know, and people could kind of concede that type of thing because, you know, Darwin had pointed out, you know, the way that dogs and pigeons, you know, could be bred uh, to fulfill all sorts of different roles. People were having a much harder time accepting uh, something like a wing or something like an eye, right? Uh, something that is so complicated that uh, what w- basically the question was, why would you evolve the transitional uh, features if evolution in Darwin's view has no end goal? There's no um, there's no conscious thought going into designing these features. Sort of the uh, the embodiment of this is in a quote by Sir George Jackson Mavart in 1871. He writes, what good is half a wing? So you can imagine someone saying, look, we could, you know, you could make these transitional, you know, jumps and say, oh, eventually, you know, these animals grow wings. And Mavart basically is saying, uh, but why would you evolve half of a wing? if there's no end goal, if there's no intentionality, if there's no creator, uh, if there's no sort of will towards a wing, why would you grow half a wing? What good are the transitional species? What, what good are the transitional forms? And this, hmm. this is kind of a valid question of evolution. Like, what, what good is it to be halfway to an adaptation, which you presumably need because Darwin himself concedes these things don't show up overnight. These adaptations don't show up overnight. There needs right. to be transitional forms. But for something as complicated as a wing that relies on such specific um, physics and anatomy, right. how, do, how do you get there? Now, do you know? I, man, I'm racking my brain right now as we speak. I mean, I guess, you know, a little bit of, wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, geez, talk about a, yeah. talk about a head scratcher. For yeah, sure. yeah. And Darwin gave up. No, he didn't. Um, <laughs> so out of this has, because obviously like the, the history has gone on to, you know, pretty much validate everything about transitional forms and. Um, right. You know, you could say the same thing about our, our eye. However, you can look at, you can point to all of these animals alive today 
that have some form of eye that that actually tracks pretty well onto the evolution of an eye. And you can actually see how good half of an eye is. Like it's advantageous Hmm. for quite a few animals to just be able to tell the difference between light and dark, you know, or to see simple shapes. Like, you know, that is a that is a perfectly valid form of an eye that is less complex than ours, but still useful to those animals. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's halfway to flying or at least, you know, not at first when you think about it. So this sort of leads to two after the discovery of Archaeopteryx in uh 1861 which 10 year which still was 10 years prior to this quote like people were getting this idea that reptiles and birds were related and that there were these transitional forms that could demonstrate it um hmm. Thomas Henry Huxley uh sometimes known as Darwin's bulldog was a really big proponent not only of evolution but of this theory uh reptiles evolving into birds um Archaeopteryx, for those that don't know, its name literally means ancient wing. It was long considered the first bird ever discovered, uh, or the earliest bird. Uh, you know, it its skeleton essentially looks like uh, that of a small predatory dinosaur. It's about the size of a raven. Um, you know, it's got long back legs with claws, hands with claws, a long bony tail, teeth, but it uh, is covered in feathers and has wings. Um, so, you know, this would kind of demonstrate a transitional form, but it's still, it it already has wings, which is very difficult to, to sort of, uh, parse out. Like, why is this? Why does it already have wings? Why, what does half a wing look like? And what, what would it be used for? Um, and from this, uh, as people sort of start to identify this connection between dinosaurs and birds, and they know vaguely what the animal looked like that the birds would have evolved from, because now they have this this Archaeopteryx. Even if Archaeopteryx is not the ancestor of birds, we can say an animal like it would have been the ancestor of birds. So knowing that, how do we get that animal wings? Because we know examples of them without wings. So what mm-hmm. happened? And because they're little raptor-like animals, we know they're fast runners, we know they're predatory, we know a a good amount of things about them and their behavior. Mm -hmm. So this sort of leads to two prevailing theories for a long time, arboreal and cursorial. Now, arboreal, as we mentioned earlier, that would mean that these uh, were climbing animals that sort of like a top-down type thing. These were animals jumping from tree to tree and evolved some way of gliding that eventually evolved into powered flight. Um, Or they were animals that had to jump out of trees and needed a way to soften the landing. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, Oh, watch out. Oh, we have, oh, oh, we have uh, falling dinosaurs. Watch out. Um, Oh, man. All right. Yeah. Okay. Video game level in here. Yes. Let's move on. So now let's, let's look at uh, cursorial. Uh, These are the dinosaurs going up. Oh, no, no. Now they're jumping up. Ah! Oh, God, it's reversing. So this would go more off of the idea of these animals being fast runners, that they were running and they were jumping and chasing prey, chasing flying insects. 
and they would want to jump up to uh, catch prey. Uh, and eventually, you know, they jump and jump and jump and sort of uh, evolve ways to prolong their jumping. Uh, so this is more of like the the Superman model, like uh, okay. that, like in the in, in like the really early comics, Superman flying. It was actually him just jumping really far. Oh, OK. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense in a way. Superman makes sense. Well, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing nothing to doubt whatsoever. I think they did that in that um did you ever see the uh the the weird Hulk movie, the first one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, I don't can't tell you what it was about, but I remember it. <laughs> I remember that guy's hand melting into his chair. I don't remember that. But <laughs> what I remember when he starts jumping, and it's just because that's, I guess, what the Hulk does. Even in the recent movies, he just jumps very yes. far. Okay, is, so, so, so we'll say, yeah. So yeah. one says birds are like Batman. One says birds are mm. like Hulk. I like that. These are terms I understand. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> See, we got to work in Batman there. Exactly. It all comes back full circle. Yes. So these have been kind of the theories, more or less, that were debated for the better part of a century. Okay. Hmm. And then along comes Ken Dial in the early 2000s and says no to both of them. Ah. Now, Ken Dial is a biologist, and I I guess I should mention that uh, a lot of this information is coming from uh, the book The Wonder of Birds by Jim Robbins, not to be Hmm. confused with Tim Robbins, not to be confused with Tim Robinson. Uh, Jim Robbins, like a bird. Uh, But it's a very good book. But this is um, (laughs) this is from a particular chapter uh, about uh, the evolution of flight and all of the theories surrounding it. And it goes into great depth on Ken Dial's theory, which I had not heard of prior to reading this book. Um, And it's very fascinating because of what it does to both of these competing theories on uh, the, the evolution of flight of birds. Now, Ken Dial is described as a uh, jet pilot uh, guitar player with a shaved head and goatee. So he's a bit of a bad boy. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's um he's kind of walking in, you know, and like, you know, there's all these all these paleontologists with we've right. met paleontologists, absolute nerds. And sure, then yeah. yeah, you know, then comes in Ken Chad Dial over Ken here. Ken Chad. Oh my god. Yeah, he's got his guitar open, he yeah. just like kicks something yeah. over with his pointy metal boots or something. Yeah. He's got a mohawk. It, it actually specified that he has a shaved head. Picturing more of a biker, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, so Ken Dial um, is actually very interested in a more, in an older theory, uh, originally mm. proposed by uh, German uh, naturalist Ernst Haeckel, who many of us know uh, from uh, the artwork that Heichel made of like anemones and uh, uh, all sorts of uh, sort of natural history wonders types of things. Gotcha, gotcha. You may have seen Heichel's work uh, 
quite a bit, I guess, in the last few years, because I think um, it was sort of like one of these treasure troves of like uh, of of art that suddenly like everyone was very aware was in the public domain. So everyone could like make wrapping paper out of it and books out of it. So oh, gotcha. Even if you don't know Ernst Haeckel, you know his artwork. But again, Haeckel was a, was a German naturalist, and he he promulgated something called recapitulation theory. Hmm. Now, this is a theory that suggests that animals, through their own development, mimic evolution. Like there are these echoes of evolution as something goes through uh, its life cycle. Uh, so the first example we could maybe think of are like the way that a tadpole turns into a frog is a rough estimation of fish becoming amphibians. Hmm. Okay. Recapitulation theory has been very widely discredited for the most part. And Ken Dial agrees with this, but this is one of those instances where he's like, but what if it, but what if it worked this time? And he's, what he's sort of saying is, let's look at all of the modern uh, animals that we know that glide. None of them have anything resembling flapping. None of them have the muscles for it. None of them seem to be able to make the jump between gliding and powered flight. That does not seem right. to be. So all of the arboreal animals that we know of, uh, they glide and gliding is kind of a dead end uh gotcha. evolutionarily yeah. um in 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 terms of uh, adapting to powered flight mm-hmm. and he points out the the same thing with cursorial we have no examples of something that just got so good at jumping that one day it started flying there's nothing in the fossil record that indicates this and most importantly there's nothing alive today that mimics something like this um ken dial is not a paleontologist he's a biologist um and he kind of he has great respect for paleontologists but he does he wants people to sort of admit that there's only so many things we can get from fossils and really we have to remember we have to think of these as living animals and we have to look at contemporary animals to understand how they might have lived and how these uh, transitional forms might have come about. So what Ken Dial is proposing is we need to be looking at how baby birds learn to fly, and then we will learn how dinosaurs learn to fly. That somehow over the course of a month, you can have an animal that crawls around on four legs, like a lizard, then suddenly is able to climb trees, and then is able to fly all in the space of a month. Uh, how how does this reflect millions and millions of years of evolution? And what can we learn about it? So Dial sets up this thing in Missoula called the Flight Lab. Um, and mm. uh, they choose uh, Chukar partridges, uh, the chicks of the partridges, to sort of stimulate this. Now, these are birds... Partridges spend uh, a good amount of time on the ground. They can run. Mm-hmm. So it, it sort of seemed like a good idea, like take an animal that, you know, sort of would live like a small ground dwelling dinosaur. How does it learn to fly? 
Huh. And they, they sort of study this for a while. They basically have them, the experiment is set up that they are trying to get the chicks to jump between bales of hay that they slowly move further and further apart. And they basically are watching them to try and see how they uh, overcome the uh, the growing gap between the bales of hay over the course of their lives. So the first day, uh, the gap is two inches and the chicks, you know, just pretty much jump over it. By the end of the first week, it's three yards. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so now the chicks are having to, you know, do further, have to jump farther and then, you know, attempt some sort of upward motion to get over it. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not really having too many results just yet. They they can't quite, you know, it, it's so hard to look at this and say, what part of this is already hardwired into them because they've evolved to fly? Right. What 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 can we actually learn from this? And the interesting thing about all of this is that the sort of aha moment, the the eureka moment was while Dial wasn't even present. He went to Harvard uh cuz he he also works at Harvard. Oh, okay. Uh, and his son Terry is left to watch the chicks. And Terry says to him, they aren't flying anymore, Dad. They're cheating. Huh. And basically what he describes and shows him evidence of is that these birds start, rather than sort of teaching themselves to fly between the, or glide between the, um, the bales of hay, the chicks are running at the bales of hay and then running vertically upwards to get over them. <laughs> so the birds I love are, that. Oh my yeah, God. The, bir- the birds are cheating the system. But this, this is gets, just chicken run. It this basically is. He created chicken run. Yes, partridge run. Right. Um, but this gets dial thinking. How are they able to do that? Like... Yeah. How are you able to run up a vertical surface? Like what yeah. actually gets you to be able to do that? And so he really, really starts studying how they're doing this. And what he sort of realizes is these chicks with their, um, their wings that haven't been developed yet, mm-hmm. their wings are sort of able to act like while they're flapping, when they're very small, it's not so much that they're able to create a great amount of um, uh, force to push them up the way right. that we want, the way that we imagine flying begins. It's that they're able to create downward uh, energy. Oh, so they even out as they run up? Yes, they? they're basically, oh, they're ba- it, it's basically acting like the spoiler on a race car. It's keeping it on the ground. It's keeping it on the surface that it is um, climbing on. And Oh, that's su- fascinating. Right? So suddenly Dial like completely flips this thing on its head and says, this is how dinosaurs learned to fly. This is what the use of half of a wing is. That, you know, for, for we, we could always speculate that feathers, you know, could have evolved and, and probably did evolve very early on in dinosaurs and probably were used to, you know, protect them, you know, as an extra layer of insulation. Mm-hmm. 
feathers could have evolved as display features. Um, but more specifically, wh what at what point did the elongated feathers of the arm, how did that begin? Dial is looking at this and saying this sort of this uh this view of it if we look at the wings as something that aided them in running up vertical surfaces uh as these small predators that might have you know been either chasing prey or being chased by larger predators right. this completely opens up both of the other theories now both of the other theories have potential to how those wings started to uh evolve further it's kind of it's kind of both, but neither. It's these essentially race car spoilers. That's so interesting. Yeah. Huh. I would have never thought of that. That's very, that's both clever and how we found out, but also it's got to be just like the Eureka moment on that had to be crazy. Yes. No, it's, it's really, uh, it's so, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Physics, man. It's crazy. I just, I, yeah. <laughs> I am stuck down on the earth. I don't float up. And you know what? I don't yeah. want to know anything else. But <laughs> yes. Well, this uh, I will say this brings us to. Oh, oh. flap or flop. <laughs> James, very good. <laughs> Welcome, Joe, to flap or flop. Oh, man. All now, right. All right. Joe, we're going to give you an animal and you have to tell us. Can they actually fly or are they gliders? Ooh, okay. All right. Okay. First up, peacocks. <laughs> That's a really good impression, by the way. Thank you. I, um, I grew up I, around peacocks. Oh, for, uh, huh. They're just wandering around Florida for some reason. Uh, they're not native to Florida, though. No, they're from India. Huh. Is it just exotic? They just they're just there. There are so many people's exotic pets in Florida. I mean, oh you gosh, know. this is a real problem. Um, <laughs> I think they're gliders. Ooh, oh, peacocks oh, actually man. can fly. Oh, wow! All right, learn something new every day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, next, flying frogs. I have not heard of that. Uh, okay. I'm well. I'm going to go with glide. I'm just sticking you to my guns here. Would be correct. Nice. Yes, yes. All right. All right. Next. Flying snakes. God, everything's just be flying nowadays. <laughs> um, oh my God, I don't know. Uh, I'm still going to stick. I'm going to stick with glide. You would be correct. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, anything it's not a bird. Yes. I don't know if it's flying. Yeah. You know? Now, the, the flying frogs have the uh, erroneously named flying frogs have webbed feet that they can jump and it, it gets them a little uh, further with uh, gliding. The okay. um, flying snake flattens its body. And it's so weird seeing them like uh, <laughs> glide through the air because it's just Whoa. a snake. It just looks like a snake. <laughs> this is like, crazy. I'm watching. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. You're, is, you're, they look <laughs> Photoshopped. It looks photoshopped. There's no way this is real. Snakes on a plane, motherfucker. Oh my god! I like all oh, somebody actually. I'm so sick wings. of these motherfucking flying snakes. 
<laughs> Somebody actually put angel wings on one of the- <laughs> <laughs> on these Monday to Friday. Yeah, Monday to Friday. God. National Geographic. God, I, I encourage you all to look these up on Google Images. It's hilarious. Yes. Oh, okay. Man. All right. Ne- next ones. Flying foxes. Uh, they glide. I believe. Ooh, oh, flying no. foxes what do you mean? are a kind of bat. Ah, that's right. They are giant like the, I fruit bats, confused. and they do indeed fly. All right, all right. Okay. I'm just sticking by glide. Everything just glide. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They do. Okay, that makes sense. Oops. Okay. All right. Um, now, uh, flying lemurs. I'm gonna go with fly. Oh, they yes. are gliders. Ah, this is a this is this is uh, true and false questions right now. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes. All uh, right. Next we have Dracos. What the? What's a Draco? A dragon? A Draco is a kind of uh, flying lizard creature. Sometimes huh? they are. Ca- sometimes they are called flying dragons. Okay. I mean, I guess they fly. They do not. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> These names are so misleading. Yes. I've never heard of. I need to look this up. Dra- I've never Dracos heard of that. are Dracos. Uh, they form their wings by pushing their ribs out of the side of their body. Oh, uh, that does sound familiar. And so they glide essentially on um, wing membranes made out of their ribs. Horrifying. Yes. Uh, Very cool looking though. Oh, I, t- I type in Draco and I got a gun. <laughs> and I got Draco Mouthboy. What's happening? <laughs> um, Try Draco Volans. Oh, oh, it's these things. Okay. Yeah. Freaky. All right. Yeah, right. Anyways. I wanted one as a pet so badly when I was a kid. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yes. Um. Well, thank you so much for playing ah, Flapper oof. Flop, Joe. I'm really surprised um, you didn't do Flying Squirrel on that one. Huh. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of obvious. Like, yeah. Well, wait, what? A bonus point, Flying Squirrel. What What do you think it does, Joe? <laughs> I'm assuming it glides, right? It does. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I, I figured it wasn't worth it to ask you about sugar gliders. Right. That's in the name. Yes. But it wouldn't have been funny if they actually did fly because mm. all of these don't actually mean that they fly. Yeah. And they have flying in the name. So right. I don't know. Oh yeah. Or okay. Fine. Bonus. Flying fish. No, they glide. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. That's job. how I knew about Good the job. frog one. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, th- again, thank you for playing Flapper Flop. This fun. Of course. Yes. Um. So. Uh. And as your prize, here is a bucket of chicken wings. Oh, yummy. Mm-hmm. Now. As we sort of mentioned, flying, as far as vertebrates go, it is limited to creatures that are able to flap their wings. So, as you could tell from the list, essentially the only vertebrates that have ever figured out flying, like actual powered flight, are birds, pterosaurs, so, you know, pterodactylus, pteranodon, quetzalcoatlus, all those guys. And then bats. Yeah. Are, are kinda, pretty much are pretty much it. Huh, um, that's it. Yeah, it's um, and I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like of those, you know, 
uh, two of them are archosaurs, like very close to, you know, they're, they're both basically related to dinosaurs. So it's very interesting that they're, uh, that it came from, you know, both of those groups. But, uh, you know, insect evolution is so much harder to figure out because that's true. We yeah. have so little fossil evidence of insects. Um, yeah, they just do it. They just, they just do it. it they, they just did that one day. They just, you know yeah well it, exactly. I, I imagine it's it's something similar though because they're so lightweight and maybe the physics there or whatever like there's got to be I, something a little bit i've i've heard the explanation that the wings are something that would have been useful for like a semi-aquatic creature oh interesting like you know sort of like extra fins or something because okay, that makes sense things like dragonflies you know start their lives in the water but you know, right. then we're we're sort of getting back. We're, we're giving um, recapitulation theory a lot of credit. Yeah, here, and right, it's right, right. difficult to tell what it does work for. I should say, you know, this is not uh, to, to sort of leave us with this. This is not completely set in stone. And you know, as more evidence is gathered, there will no doubt be things added on to this uh, theory that Dial is sure. uh you know sort of the um the the main champion of it's i've definitely i've spoken to other people and you know particularly like my friends that are still involved in paleo and it is it does sound like it is uh a, a still a pretty uh favorable position to have there's nothing too sacrilegious about it uh-huh but uh again we don't have the animals and you know there there still is probably a lot to learn sure but there's probably i think i think the the all of the things that were discovered in the over the course of this experiment sort of shows you the potential for that big moment of revelation and it is such an interesting theory because i think it just illustrates the the potential of yeah. change and evolution in such a wonderful way it, and it also just like really inspires creative thinking um yeah honestly mhm no it's yeah. really it's really fascinating to hear about this process and it's just like no it, it's incredibly interesting and i'm curious you know if we will get more research or information coming out in the future about this that provides some more insight but also just like it's very it's very interesting seeing how this also developed the way it did and on honestly by a little bit of an accident. Exactly. Yeah. Nature's crazy. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we, you know, but only a few, right. Some few animals figured out power of flight, but you know what they didn't figure out, Zan? Uh, what? Rocket propulsion. So who's really got the upper hand? I mean, or jet Jack, propulsion, Jack, but... Jack Parsons was quite an animal. <laughs> if you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but no, I, I, we have done so much irreparable damage, but whatever, it's fine. We figured out how to fly, I guess, so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Win? I guess anyway. so. I mean, we don't have to start our lives by having our parents, like, regurgitate food into our mouths. That's true. So, anyway, I mean, yeah. there, there's that. There is know. that. One, we, we one to one, I guess. We figured that one out by having glands on our mother's chests that secrete right. a mucus that is nutritious. Because mm -hmm. clearly we are the more civilized life form. 
<laughs> of course, obviously. We have silverware. What are you talking about? We have J. Cruz, Zan. <laughs> I don't see the birds having that one. So, no. Oh, man, this is downgraded into something. But, no, I, thank you so much for all of this research that and, and really crafting this story in the way that you did. I definitely learned a lot. I hope that those of you who joined us on this tour learned something. And now you have something to talk about at the dinner table or to your roommates or parents or whoever. And now you can talk about birds and how they figured out how to fly. And, you know, I think that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it is legitimately exciting stuff because it is something Absolutely. that I think we, yeah. we take for granted and that there's a lot of really interesting stuff still to be learned. And, uh, and yeah, no, it, it's just a, it's just a really interesting, uh, story of contemporary science and, and what is possible. Still. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And never stop thinking. We always got to be creative. This is why creativity exactly. is so important. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, having someone like, I mean, granted, still a scientist, but like, you know, someone to yeah. like come in and say, hey, you know, the ostriches aren't learning how to fly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there might be something that we need to figure out about this theory, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it's was like, it was much more complex than that. Sure, like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But it's getting a new it's like getting a new thought process into something. And that's important. Yes, exactly. I mean, because that's, that's the wild thing. If we we think about all the flightless birds that we still have today, yeah. I mean, you know, like the penguins and like right. ostriches and, you know, kiwis, all of them presumably evolved from animals that could fly and then lost right. that ability. Right. So it's like, yes. Yeah. It's... Yeah. So, you know, clearly it's mm-hmm. not for everyone. And clearly not for everybody. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, with that, we do hope uh, everyone had uh, something uh, fun that they could take away from this yeah. today. Uh, and and yes, thank you, Joe. This was very fun to get to talk about. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. You did all the heavy lifting. I'm just asking some questions. <laughs> Not very smart Joe's ones, asking. You know? Joe's asking the real questions. That's true. Um, like, what about stick it or ticket? Mm. All right. All right. Yeah. So... I saw one that was quite perplexing. Um, okay. Because I have no idea which way to take it. Uh, it was, Nem- it just said Nemo's mom. <laughs> what does that even mean? Wait, like, because <laughs> like, that like, could mean so many things. Right? right? Like, huh. Like, like coral? Like, yeah. the, she dies. Like, right. Is the yeah. car being driven by a ghost clownfish? I was thinking that it could be maybe their son is named Nemo. I maybe? guess. And then they had to say that? Maybe. I mean, was there any the, image? It just said Nemo's mom? It, no, no image of a clownfish. It just said Nemo's mom. Nemo's, Nemo's mom. Huh. Like, that is very perplexing. That is. I know. It's like, Wow. Is this is this like when you have like those stick figure families on the back of your car, but like then you like also put an angel there? Oh right, because you have to. Yeah, I because life because life is a is a family circus uh, family circus comic, you know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So yeah, no, weird. I have I have no idea what that means. If that That's means the, like Captain yeah. Nemo's mom, maybe. I, if you know, email us at uh, uncannycountymuseum@gmail.com. Yes, yes. This could or, be another strange or, reference. Or submit uh, other bumper stickers that you have seen. Yeah, yeah, we should start doing that. Submit them. We can't always keep up to date. I don't drive everywhere. Surprisingly, <laughs> when I drive to use it, when I drove to you, I didn't see anything interesting. Yeah. 
So I I went to a Bass Pro Shop for the first time this past weekend. Uh, oh, I am of the political spectrum that usually goes to REI. Right. Yeah. I, I yes. same. It's also just like right around the corner for me, so it's convenient. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, so you know, suddenly I walk in and it's like, huh? Where right. are all the uh, where are all the hiking shirts with like rainbow flags on them? And it's like, nope, no, it is literally no, no, no. a t shirt that said, "Ask me about my gun." Oh my god! The ironic part is somebody definitely wears that and they have a gun on them and they're like super happy. Oh, I glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh my um, god! Did, did you get a hat? No, we weren't no. really into the that. Not too many good fits. A guy tried yeah. to sell us a timeshare. Uh, <laughs> okay. Weirdly, to St. Petersburg. Oh, uh, that's ironic. Yeah, uh. yeah, but yes. Uh, not as many good gu- bumper stickers there as I as I would have hoped. But, yeah, yeah. I I hadn't seen any bumper stickers really, uh, but I did see a license plate. I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it was a Tesla. Mm-hmm. And I just it just said ha gas. And that was and that was the license plate, which I was like, wow, uh, really, really committing to the bit here, I guess. I think you know? people who drive Teslas need like a date on the back of like when they got it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's it's I've, oh, God, that flex. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know, I we we only just have these just little peeks into other people's lives we can only yes. you know we can only speculate uh on the people speculate yeah i don't know who will mm-hmm. who is nemo's mom guess we'll have to find who out who is nemo's mom who's driving that tesla who's driving that tesla are they still are they are they still laughing are they they might be mm-hmm. yes well next let's jump on into uncanny recommendations yeah what what have you been reading, watching, listening to uh, this uh, these past couple weeks, Joe? Oh man, well I've been listening to the recent JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown collab, uh, "Scaring the Hose," which mm. is so good. I love it very much. Is JPEG I... Mafia just a meme based uh, no musical act? No, no, he's <laughs> he's very good, but he's very self aware, and I think that that's great. Mm. He he's like interesting because he's like it was in the military and then just like became a rapper and huh. has just been so in touch with like that humor, but has gone beyond it in a way. So it's like he he like makes I don't know, he he's like a very interesting character because it's this very specific style of rapping and he produces all of his music, so his beats are just insane and all the samples mm. are coming from wherever. And like on this album particularly, the 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 production of it and the mixing is just like nuts. Like a lot of it is just like overload, but like in the best way possible. Like there's a super Mario theme. No, wait, is that sampled? I don't know. There's a lot of samples <laughs> in here from just like, from like everywhere. One of them is like a Japanese commercial for some thing. Oh. And it's just like the main sound like throughout the entire <laughs> beat. And it just works so well. So no, it's, it's super good. I definitely recommend giving it a listen just straight through. Uh, I also was listening to, I didn't finish it, but I, and I need to, but I was listening to the new Black Country, New Road live album. I don't know if you listened to that, Sam. Ooh, I haven't. Oh, it's like really good. Like, it's like they, they're leaning into the orchestra part a lot more and I'm really into it. But, uh, they, Mm. I forget where they played, but like, it's in the, it's in the album title, of course, but they just, wherever they just did their, that like concert before New Year's or during New Year's, they just recorded it as an album and they just released it and it's really awesome. 
So wow. okay, yeah, I definitely I'd be definitely super recommend interested that. to hear what their live sound. Yeah, like. I think you would like it. I really, I really do. And they have a new the new singer who she's really, really good. Like mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. I like the direction the band's heading, and I, I'm, I'm excited. Nice. Uh, would nice. definitely like to see them live. Also, uh, yeah, just fi- I have like a bunch of stuff I just like wrapped up. Just finished Death Stranding. That game's mm. a masterpiece. If you have a PlayStation, go play it. Don't listen to the reviews. It's amazing. It just has some quirks, but my God, <laughs> that story was awesome. Uh, it's just it's just one of those games that like I finished it, took two hours at the ending because it's all cinematics, and I was like, I gotta I gotta sit down for a while and think about this. And um <laughs> also Succession's back. So that's my personality for the next like couple or month or so. <laughs> and man. Oh, those Roy family, those Roy kids really getting into something. But if you haven't started watching Succession, you should. That's my plug. I'm sure you've gotten all those HBO promotions if you don't have HBO. But man, is it worth the hype. It's such a good show. It's just genuinely, it's so interesting and terrifying because I know people like that and have interacted with them. Oh. And it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just so good. I just I highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I don't. I hardly know anything about Succession. I just know I need Please to watch be like it. very self conscious about the size of my bag. Yeah, <laughs> it's ludicrously. Oh my god, what does he say? It's it's, it's ludicrously, ludicrously, ludicrously capacious. Oh my god, I love it. That was the premiere. That's during the premiere, <laughs> and I was like, this is the best thing they've ever done. Just with this show, like it's gargantuan. You could take it camping. I, and then somebody overdubbed that audio. Like they did it themselves as Schmidt from new girl saying it oh my god and it's kind of the best thing in the world and i love it so much you I should was think you sh- i was thinking the other day about how that actor whose name i can never remember just like yeah. that is that is just always the character he is like that's yes. who he is in the big short yeah that's him in ugly betty like he just he just knows how to be like the the pretentious guy in a suit I and know. You know what? I, I I think there's a little bit more Schmidt in the both of us than we'd like to admit. So this is very true. Once mm-hmm. I get the driving moccasins, it's over. You know. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we, but yeah, we both we both have jars for every time. You know, we have to uh, explain that there's something that we got from Italy. That's very true. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. I embrace it. Nice. Um, but yeah, highly recommend that Zan. You should definitely watch that, okay. especially now that you're done the Sopranos. I think you need. Mm, I think you'll understand. Okay. You, you will like it. I know you'll like okay. it. Okay. Okay. Or you'll hate it. I don't know. But I, 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 I think you'll like it. Speaking of Succession, I was just like, like I'd been be, because of that and the Sopranos. Like everybody, like you know, rediscovering the Sopranos, myself included, like mm-hmm. discovering it for the first time, and then everyone talking about Succession. It just reminded me of this for some reason of like this. Um, Allison and I were out getting burgers. Okay. At this place, you know, and uh, the table next to us, it was like these two teenagers on a date, and one of them is saying to the other, is like, one of them's doing all the talking and is in vivid detail explaining the political alignment compass. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like the chart? Like that one? Like the yeah, gr- like, ri- like Oh the my chart. God what's your hyper fixation yeah (laughs) yeah exactly no it's just it was just so Uh so funny because they're just clearly both so young and it's just like oh man that is adorable Uh um anyways so what have i been looking at besides strangers um yeah (laughs) so um allison and i watched a very very weird movie the other night but it was um 
I I do recommend it if nothing else because uh I know um Wes Anderson has uh like a uh kind of cowboy type movie coming out soon. Oh, Asteroid City, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of interested. And I would recommend to a lot of people that they check this out because obviously I'm going to watch the Wes Anderson one because like For sure. I, I, I've talked about this before. Even if I don't love the movie, I want to crawl inside Wes Anderson's movies. Yes, like, they're so pretty. Know? Yes. So this is from uh, the director of Napoleon Dynamite, uh, Jared Hess. Uh, it is called Gentleman Broncos. Oh, you watch that? Yes. Is it good? I saw. I just literally saw TikTok of this like recently. Yeah, for two. Th- uh, yeah, from two thousand nine. I think Allison saw something about it on TikTok too, and that's why we watched it. Okay. Um, it is weird. It, it's kind of that heightened reality of like the direction that I think a lot of indie films went. Like, you know, I think napoleon dynamite i mean i haven't seen it recently i mean i i think it's i think it's an important movie it never really did it for me because it was just always Same. a little slow yeah it was a little weird but i love a good weird movie but it was a little yeah. like too, it was a little too weird G- gentleman broncos i even though it's not a big budget i do think it kind of gives you an idea of like what else can kind of be done in that style and like what uh you know I think I think it 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 shows it, there's a lot of D- Wes Anderson DNA in there and a lot of um just just the way that people have made indie films since then. Sure. I also think it's just kind of it's got like a really good cast. Like it's got Jermaine Clement in it from he, Flight of the he Concords. Did a, he did a lot of indie movies to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and I mean like, this is two, this is 2009. So this is like, you know. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, Sam Rockwell's in it. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, I don't think it did very. Actually, I'm looking at right now. It did not do very well at all. Oh man. <laughs> oh no. It had a budget of ten million dollars. Ten mil. Wow. And it and it made that uh 118 thousand at the box office. Hey. Oh, oh no. Um but anyways, it's the story of like kind of a um, you know, a a the uh a child who's the, you know, he's the son of a of a widow. He um, you know, doesn't he never knew his father who's passed away. Um and he basically writes science fiction um that uh, you know, sort of like has his father as like the 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 ultimate hero of it. Right. And I think it's kind of an interesting uh especially for two for 2009 and everything like before like we really got into like how it, it, before we like really got into like evil nerds like I think this is yeah. like okay. The the stakes are small enough and it's it's got enough kind of charming moments to it that you can get past like some of the weirder stuff that's in it. And right, okay, like nothing like there's nothing disturbing necessarily about it. Uh, it's just it's a little it's slightly off putting. And if you know Jerry okay. Hess, then then you'll understand why I I do recommend it. I, I'm not going to say it's like this amazing undiscovered gem. Sure. But but I do think you can watch it. And there's a lot of really good laughs. And it's, you know, 
it, it's just you know it's it's 90 minutes like yeah it's worth, all right it's worth i'll check seeing. it out i'll check it's it worth out seeing kind of sounds like it's gonna be like a beverly laughlin type situation mm-hmm. you ever see that movie yeah. no oh it's with like aubrey plaza and um mm-hmm. uh what's his name from he's in the office ah Oh, come to me. It's like, oh, and Jermaine yeah. Clements in that too. It's like oh, a weird. He just did everything. Like, he just, well, he did so many indie movies yeah. because like, yeah. hey, gotta work, I guess. But like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, no, like, he, he didn't have the, um, he wasn't getting that Figwit money. Right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a weird movie, it. though. Highly recommend yes. it. But, um, but, uh, yes. Uh, also, Jermaine Clement is so darn funny in it. Like, He's just, just watch it for Jermaine Clement. Okay. Um, all right. Um, but anyways, yes, uh, Gentlemen Broncos. And then um, I, from a musical recommendation, uh, I'd like to recommend Bar Mediterraneo uh, by Nugenia, uh, an oh. Italian disco pop band Ooh, okay. uh, that I discovered recently. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah, um, just like very... Very good vibes. Uh, you know, I put it on while I'm at work and, you know, it's um it's just, you know, it get, it gets it gets you moving, it gets your head gets you bobbing. Going. All right, okay. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. No, I I would I would recommend it. I I I think uh you know, it's also kind of fun for me to uh let go a little bit of, you know, yeah. having to follow lyrics as closely yeah. and just like just get in with um just get in with that sound because I think we both had the experience of like just being so fascinated with like <laughs> Italians just love a me- uh, a melody. Oh. They don't. They- it makes sense. It makes sense why I am the way I am to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Did I tell you? Uh, I was watching the recent episode of Ted Lasso. Another thing I recommend, by the way. Mm. Uh, and they had that like the Italian rock song that's like mimicking English. Yeah, it's not. Ang- they had that like in the in the show. Oh, like it, yeah. it's like a it's like playing for a <laughs> montage. So it's kind of amazing. It fit <laughs> really so well. Funny. Yes, yes. Anyways, yeah, I'll have to check out that recommendation. Very curious. Yes, and I will have to check out yours as well. Oh, for sure. Let's see. Do you have anything going on outside of the museum, Joe? Not too much at the moment. Uh, but I am, however, I am gearing up to release some music soon. So just mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that. I'll probably drop some like stuff on Instagram for that, and then you know, yeah, it's gonna happen though. I am actually going to release an album again, so it <laughs> will be happening within the next like mm, I want to say like we're shooting for May, give or take. But we'll see. Sweet. So yeah, how about you? Um, well, uh, my show, Why Look, uh, is still up at uh, Darcy Simpson Artworks in Hudson, New York. You can go check out my work there. Um, still got plenty of uh, good stuff still on the walls that has not been purchased yet. If you want to try and snag those before they're gone. I'm going to be in the Director's Choice show at Viridian Artists this coming month in uh, Chelsea in New York. Um, so you can check out um, my piece, Paper Airplane, in that group show. Super excited to be in that. This is uh, a little far out, but I'm going to have a show uh, this fall at uh, the Folk House Collective in Kingston, New York. We're working on finalizing a date for that, but be on the lookout. Um and then, of course, uh, I am going to be teaching my class, uh, Shape and Shadow, at the John C. Campbell Folk School in North Carolina in Brasstown. And that is going to be the first week in August. Uh, if you are interested in learning some uh, sort of Baroque 
uh, oil painting fundamentals. Uh, definitely check that out if you're going to be in North Carolina. I'm very nice. excited to be teaching there. Um, I'm also hopefully going to be doing more musical things soon. If I can, you know, get if I can be decisive about things, <laughs> I wish I wish I had the impulse that Joe does. Um, I don't. I just I just am sick of tired of having all this music on my hard drive. And it's like, all right, it's time. Just do something. <laughs> and I'm just I just got to do it. Like, I'm yeah. just it's 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 totally been like, all right, just call it. You have yeah. to. It's like it's like a painting, right? Like Fuck it. Done, do it you, live. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Joe, Joe has a poster of um, uh, O'Reilly on his on his wall. Just you know. <laughs> just looking at me. Yeah. yeah constantly. Yeah. Like, Give me the right. strength, Bill. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I'll just I'll just won't release stuff. I'll just be like, well, it has to be like this. It has to be this. And, to, and it's like, now I got to just I'm tired. I want these out for my hard drive. Mm hmm. Yes. Well, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to your stuff, obviously. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. If you want to find the museum after hours, we are at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. You can email us uh, at uh, the Uncanny County Museum at gmail.com. If you want to find me, I'm at Xanosaurus on Instagram. And I'm at Josemino Art on Instagram. And from the Uncanny County Museum, I've been Sam Peters. And I'm in Josemino. Ah, ah, ah. Bye. Bye.